selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good to see you again, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Huge thank you for coming back. Do you want to just tell the viewers a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm, my name is Ryan Christian. I am the founder and editor of The Last American Vagabond. Uh, we've been doing this for, for you know a decade or more, and it's really evolved into you know an international media you know, entity, really. We've got people all over the world writing about all sorts of things. And I do my my uh, daily show called The Daily Wrap-Up. So it's, you know, just kind of a, a, a trying to encapsulate all the madness going on about, you know, just every day. It's, it's difficult. You know, as you know, the 24-hour news cycle is just meant to beat us down to the ground, you know. Hey, Charlie. Hey. See, we all got the memo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do. <laughs> All right, so that's Ryan, and we're going to go over to Charlie. He's going to introduce himself to those people who are not familiar with him, but I'm sure most of you are familiar with him by now because he's been absolutely hammering the NWO on this channel over the years. Um, I host the Macroaggressions podcast, which goes out twice a week, and I'm an author. I've written a couple of books, including The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire with Jeff Berwick. And um, I do a group podcast that's a lot of fun called The Union of the Unwanted. We do that twice a month on Monday nights with Sam Tripoli and Ricky Verandas and Midnight Mike. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying. All right. On this occasion, then, we're going to start out talking about Bill Gates. Obviously, we can't talk about the pandemic side of it. But where would you guys like to start with Bill Gates? Well... I, you, you want to jump in, Charlie? I mean, there's a thousand different ways to start with Bill Gates. Uh, you know, it depends on what topic we're getting into, really. You know, like what, the, I mean, I think artificial intelligence was kind of the, the, the discussion behind the scenes, right? And I think that where it's going right now, with his, it's always been a push for him. But I'm, you see, current articles are really talking about this next step. The first thing that popped into my mind was, it's interesting that Bill Gates has been personally involved with some of the biggest failures involving genetically modified organisms. And that's not just food, right? Which all many different ways, including, you know, injections in other countries that suddenly he's pointing at the artificial intelligence to say, Oh, well, that's how it'll make it work. Or that's how it'll succeed. Kind of paraphrasing. And so one, it's ridiculous to think that we're just supposed to let these people to test and try what they want and fail repeatedly, but keep trying, but suddenly arguing that the artificial intelligence is going to be the, the, the step that makes it work. And I just question whether, that's just another ruse, really. A lot to unpack there, but go ahead if you guys want to get to that. Charlie. Well, he's also, you know, he he notoriously ran Microsoft with an iron fist, where if there were development teams that were working on programs, uh, you know, he'd set up three three different development teams, and then whoever's project was the best stayed, and the other two's he'd, he'd fire. So when it comes to uh, the American education system, he starts to finance Common Core. And then says, well, you know, it'll take us maybe a decade to see if it works, you know, if it, if it works right and everything. It's like, oh, OK, yeah, I'm sure you showed that sort of level of patience with your programmers when you had that when you were basically executing them if they didn't come up with the right program for you. But now all of a sudden we magically have all the time we need for this education thing and we'll just see if we get it right. Artificial intelligence, you know, it's a trial and we'll just see if we get it right. Vaccines are they're very, you know, there's still a lot of mystery. We'll just 
we we'll see if we get it right. You know, I get this I get this very Rumsfeldian vibe from Bill Gates where he's like, you know, mistakes were made. We're not going to live in the past. <laughs> we're charting a course forward. And it's like, no, no, no. We have plenty of time to live in the past and take a look at what Bill Gates has done to destroy not just America, but the world, really. I mean, he you couldn't set out to do it any better than he has done that. But of course, when you dig a little deeper into who he who, who he is and where he comes from, you find his father. And his father was the board was was the head of the board of directors for Planned Parenthood, a massive eugenics operation. It, 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 Sanger said it, you know. So so you go well, okay. So you've got this ideology of depopulation and destroy at all costs, and then you get to the son, Bill Gates, and you you, it isn't a stretch to ask the question: Do you think some of that ideology? I mean, what do you think they talked about at the dinner table at the old Gates family when Bill Jr. was growing up? You know, did they talk about? ideological you know conversations about how we view the rest of the people taking up too much space on our planet you know and so so again we we've got a guy in bill gates who who has this disguise of the sweater and you know he's just a nerdy guy who makes a lot of money but you know he he's out to save the planet but as soon as you dig a little bit deeper you find that he's involved in a, a variety of nefarious organizations He's involved in, in just about everything to, from synthetic food to synthetic, you know, in, injectables to, to, you know, to, to really trying to cull the human herd in a way that suits him. And it's tough for a lot of people to get over that step of think, you know, oh God, it sounds really, sounds like the worst thing in the world. Well, that's who Bill Gates is. And he, and he spends hundreds of millions of dollars every year on the media to buy silence and to get the reports that he wants. So for those that, you know, are, 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 are sort of late to the Bill Gates game, there's a lot to unpack. And I think, um, and I mean, you, Ryan, you guys have done a really good job of just describing and, and going into detail of what this guy is, uh, what he has planned for the rest of us. He's, he's not some generous millionaire billionaire sprinkling his money around trying to help the world. He has a very specific goal. And it has to do with less of us and more people like him. The the TED talk, right? Is is people often dismiss that, but it's a blatant statement about the reality of of you know you they try to argue that it's about lowering the population, you know, by you know giving people birth control and so on. And that's I mean that's essentially what he's saying. But the point is still that we need to lower the population. So it's just an obvious argument on the surface of their actions that they want that. So. As you're pointing out, especially when you overlap it with the history of the eugenics tie, it's very clear that that's part of this. But I think to add to your point, you know, we've we have, we also got the fake meat, fake milk, buying all the farmland. I mean, you're basically you've got Gates actively attacking every aspect of life, you know, and that's a really disconcerting thing that I think really overlaps with the technocratic side of this as well. I think today, especially, you can't really take apart the eugenics technocratic direction. I think they're kind of emerged, but that's what concerns me the most is that. I, as well as the fact that he's not a scientist, not a doctor. So I often I ask who's driving this. I mean, it's, it's you could obviously argue that Bill Gates is financially able to do this, but I I do think that he's more of a, a, a the 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 figurehead of where this goes with bigger things behind him driving this, and that's what concerns me the most. How does Elon Musk fit into it with Gates and action, and then the artificial intelligence aspect of this for gaming it to make it apply the best? I mean, that that's what concerns me the most. But I definitely think that the the technocratic angle of Musk is more about controlling the narrative and the perception of how these things flow through Twitter. I mean, that'd be my perspective, but I definitely think Musk has got his fingers in all the same stuff. It's not hard to see. Charlie. Well, look at his contracts with the department of defense. You know, I mean, when you, when you have a company like SpaceX, your biggest client is the American government. So, so again, this, this idea that this is a renegade who's breaking away from the establishment. He's a good guy. He's got, you know, he's this, um, benevolent, uh, billionaire who's going to save humanity. It's a nice story. And I think some people believe that to an extent, but there's a couple of things. I mean, when your business model depends on the government, even if you were a benevolent billionaire, there are you will be made to bow to them at some point if you want to continue your contracts with with, with the government, with the DOD. You know, we're launching. He's launching 
retail satellites, right? But he's also launching governmental satellites too. So he's taking their payload. So again, you get on the wrong side of, of the government and don't do the things that they want you to do. Then those contracts go away. The business goes away. But also look, let's just boil it down to this. He wants to implant chips into your brain. And that is a non-starter for me. That's an automatic disqualification. Anybody that wants to implant chips into my brain, you know, well, we've got to get the good chips in before the guys put the bad chips in. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to stop you, Elon. Um, you know, you want to build cool cars? Fine. You want to um, you want to build a, a Starlight inter Starlink internet service that gives internet access to? I mean, fine. I can see this. I can maybe see some of these things, but but there's a. You're also talking about Twitter, like Ryan mentioned, and Twitter is the town square. And when you've got the guy who's in charge of who gets heard, who gets the megaphone, and who doesn't, then you're you're really you know you you've got to be very careful about guys like that. Now he. he I think a case can be made. He's way better than the, the previous administration, <laughs> but that's not saying much. I mean, the previous administration were, were flat out colluding with the feds and every federal agency that, that existed. It wasn't just the FBI or DHS. It was like all of them. So, so that's clearly bad. But again, you're bringing in a guy who now owns it in Elon Musk, who also collaborates with the feds on, on all of his other projects. You want to get, approval for Tesla plants in certain places, you've got to do what the regional governments want. You want to get uh, approval on, the, on the, the Starlink stuff, you've got to deal with the federal government. You've got to deal with the FCC. You've got to deal with all kinds of government agencies. So the idea that this guy is sort of separated from the government, he is the government. He, In a very real way, he is the government. You can't have the relationships that he has and the contracts that his companies have without being intimately intertwined with the government and then of course there's the outfits he wears when he shows up at the <laughs> at the met gala and things like that and people go okay i mean a lot of triangles there a lot of pyramids on the on your shirt so you know there's that too let me just tell the viewers we're talking about bill gates with ryan and charlie right now if you do have any questions wherever you are watching this in the world youtube facebook put them in the comments uh the chat and we will get them to these guys we've got an hour live with them so please, if anything's on your mind, let us know. So one of the things is then, Gates has failed repeatedly with genetically modified ventures. How many ventures has he had, Ryan? I mean, I would argue that we probably don't even know the full breadth of what's been done in the experimentation, but ultimately the main arguments are from genetically modified foods throughout multiple countries, India being an obvious example. I'm blanking of the woman's name. You might remember Charlie. She's outspoken. Shiva, I'm forgetting her name, but she's been one of the people from India that's really been outspoken verifying what's been done because of it. Food, the bottom line is they're more food scarce anywhere this has been done. They're more food scarce now than before. The argument was that would have been the opposite, right? But then you also have the... the... Um, what, what was he offering to India then that was going to save the world? Oh, well, I mean, that, that angle was the, the oral polio was that went to a couple different places. But the argument is the genetically modified organisms would be something that would create food surplus. And in reality, all it did was the opposite, right? And so you could argue, well, they tried to do the right thing, but ultimately didn't. And so why would we let those people, even on that argument, fail again or at least try again then the real question is whether that was just an experiment and it wasn't maybe it wasn't even about food i don't really know but the point is that that is a that's a real problem with people that are now doing something in a way that is you know i'm sorry i don't know where i i don't want to cross lines in regard to the, the vaccine, but go ahead yeah let's stay away from the v subject golden rice in the philippines was a big one uh that was touted as you know th this is going to increase your rice uh harvest it's going to uh, allow you to grow more rice and smaller pieces of land it's going to eat less water all these things blah 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 an abject failure a, a complete and utter disaster which is which is what you get with genetically modified seeds so so the thing that makes me very concerned about bill gates in in, in all of these guys in 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 general is this this idea of you can't patent a tomato because a tomato is natural right you can't own the patent on that but if you make it one deviation less tomato make it a genetically modified tomato then now now it legally 
it's no longer tomato. You can own the seeds. You can own the patents on the seeds. You can make them terminator seeds so that they destroy themselves after one harvest. You can do all these things, but you own it because it's now technically and legally not a tomato. So you take that mentality and that thought process and you say, well, what could we do to human beings to make them one deviation less human so that we could patent them own them. Mm -hmm. Well, that is has to do with the V word that we're not allowed to talk about and the mRNA technology, which changes you as a human being. And we talk about the World Economic Forum, what their goal is. Their goal is the fourth industrial revolution. Well, what's that? It's transhumanism. It's the blending of man with machine. And so you you ask the question, you go, did they that did they did they learn something from the patent process when with regard to genetically modified seeds and organisms and then are exporting that and using that with regard to human beings can we envision a society in which those that are not pure blood human beings anymore are legally not entitled to rights to human rights and that can be bought and sold just like a genetically modified seed. I mean, it sounds a bit crazy and obviously diabolical, but think about how these people operate and think about what Klaus Schwab and this group is, is talking about that they, they would have no problem uh, creating an entire generation of subhumans that are not uh, subject to rules, laws, uh, protections, whatever that could be legally owned by people. So I, I, it, it, it takes you to, a, it takes your brain to a bad place, but, but again, they, they have, there's precedent for this with regard to the seeds. And I, and I fear that they're, that they're looking at us as just an extension of that program. If I could add to that, Sean, the, the, actual, yeah, please the, the point, the point that that's, I'm so glad you brought that up, Charlie, we've been getting a couple of focuses on this from T-Lab and the, the I, you might even want to argue that the, the, GM angle was just a, a, the the precursor to legally get this through in you know get it going through the motions to where you have that precedent set like you're saying <laughs> nice and and then so basically we're talking about the argument of you know and however it finds its way into your body the idea that mod RNA not mRNA right mod RNA which is the focal point is it would would it does reverse transcribe with with your DNA and the point being that then arguably legally speaking you could argue that you're no longer you know by the definition the human that's not modified so the the question is legally is that is that right now acceptable and argue it's yes is the answer but it's never been done there's never been an an effort to try to do that with a human being so my worry is when that when that comes to pass and yes it'll have to go through the legal processes and we'll have to see how that pans out but the legal structure as charlie's pointing out it's all there it's been there for a long time and so that's my big concern with that overlap you know to I'll leave it there. <laughs> We've got a question from a viewer. Has Gates copyrighted altered human DNA? <laughs> I don't think Gate, uh, Gates hasn't personally copyrighted, modified. I, but I, that, yes, in a quick general answer, there's been modified human process, you know, substances i guess that have been patented it's as long as it's modified and that that's legal precedent was set a long time ago actually and so again the point is whether or not that is just already set on the table to just do that with a human being if they can argue that right now it's like charlie's saying right now it seems near impossible like it does sound outrageous and people are probably rolling their eyes but look up the legal process and realize that that's you know why would they be building in that direction you know gene wants to know whether gates is fully human charlie <laughs> Well, he's got some some non-human traits for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a whether he's a, actually human or not. You know, the there's a there's a very inhuman ideology, and it's not just limited to Bill Gates. It's it's this this belief that um, everybody else is taking up too much space on their planet, and that things would work a lot better. And more efficiently, if we could just get rid of some of cut some of the dead weight, you know, and and you and you go, well, this is the the thought process of people that have run businesses, right? They run corporations, they look for they 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 pour over the numbers, they find where there's some inefficiencies and they say we've got to cut that out. And that's and that's fine when it just is about firing a person, right? Or firing a group of people. But their ideology is much darker than that. They don't just want to fire the people, they want to remove them from the planet. And they want fewer of them in the future. And as we start to push into this world where 
computers and artificial intelligence and robotics is evolving at, uh, you know, at, at, according, you know, Moore's law incrementally uh, just uh, over and over and over again, uh, compounding on itself. You get to a point where there will be questions asked how many human beings are really needed. And unfortunately, those are the, pe the, the wrong people will be in charge of analyzing that. So, I mean, it, it, human physically, you know, is he a lizard person? Probably not. He's just a bad guy. And he's, but it's, but he's not the only one. He's in a group of people. And again, if you, if you get a bunch of people together, and you talk about these insane things, but everyone in the group is is sort of nodding along and talking about you can normalize insanity pretty easily. You know, these guys probably don't have a whole lot of input and in, in, in interactions with people like us that say, wait a second, this is this is crazy. This is bad. This is this is, first of all, it's not your place to make these decisions. You know, who how dare you? But but uh, the, these people are inhuman in their ideology for sure, regardless of whether or not they are physically from this realm which I believe they are. Anything to add to that, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I, I would just say like, you know, it really comes down to a question of how human you think a sociopath is or a psychopath, because that's what we're talking about. You know, I, and just to add to that, the interesting correlation I always like to point out of if you it, take time to look into the percentage of people in politics and compare that to the general perception of the percentage of sociopathy in, in society, it tends to be pretty exact. I think that's what we're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. Question from Sego Guitarist. It's quite a long one. Why do we seem to be so powerless against the money cult religion? It seems like at a certain point with enough money and power, boundaries, laws diminish by a factor of a million. Well, I, I would suggest that the boundaries are disappearing. That's kind of the problem is that these people see that in, in, in to Ryan's point about psychopathy, you know, we as decent, normal, loving human beings, we have lines in the sand that we're not willing to cross whatever, you know, and everyone's is a little bit different. It's, it's some form of morality or you just think this is, you know, I wouldn't want this done to me, so I won't do this to other people. But if you're a psychopath, you are freed up to cross lines that other people would never dream of crossing. And so you, you are able to do things that, um, that others would never even endeavor to do. And on top of that, psychopaths are drawn to positions of power. They like to control people. They like to tell other people what to do. That's why I've, I've, I've sort of said, you know, there, it's not that being a Boy Scout troop leader turns you into a pedophile. It's that pedophiles go where the hunting is good. So they go to positions of authority. They go to positions where they have control over a group of kids without the supervision of parents. They go to positions of power inside the government. You know, because they get to tell a lot of people what to do. It fulfills this need inside of them to sort of control others and keep them underneath them. So, so you know, are we, you know, bl blurring the lines, crossing through these lines, like, like the question asked? Of course. I mean, the, the, the problem is it's not us in charge. It's the worst of us that seek out these positions. And then we act surprised, like, oh, I can't believe everything went has, has, is so poorly met. Really? You're surprised about that? I'm not surprised at all. I, I think the government works exactly the way it was designed to work. It appeals to the worst human beings out there. It gives them everything that they want. Power, fame, money, uh, access to wealthy people, access to kids, if that's your thing. Whatever it is that floats your boat, they'll give it to you there. But you got to work with that. You got to do their bidding. And so it, it, us expecting that the government's going to somehow fix itself, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a light attracting all of these moths to it, you know? And, and so unfortunately that's the system that we're in. We're going to be asked by red dawn if manipulating DNA or tampering with DNA is got to be criminal. Well, testing on DNA in labs, let's say is, is, you know, actively happening. Like the argument I guess would be done without your knowledge in your body, but then yeah, absolutely. Right. And that, that, is a question to be asked about other topics, you know, whether that's something that we should discuss. Isn't Bill Gates past his sell by date? <laughs> what is that even? What is that? The sell by date ultimately? Oh, let me read the question. Uh, um, 
that, that's a different comment there. That, oh, that, sorry. That was just, I was that, was just, there. that was just, I just, I just threw that one off the hip. <laughs> well, it, yes, you, it's not great. work if you, if you're doing what you love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, so again, these people, that's why you've got the Henry Kissingers of the world who's turning, I think he's turning a hundred in a couple of weeks. Is he still uh, alive? Kissinger? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They never stop because <sighs> they love what they do. It's part of who they are. It's, you know, Bill Gates isn't going to retire. This is, this is what he's been put here to do. This is, he's playing his role as a, as a destroyer, as a destabilizer. If, and, and once he gets to a point where he's got, you know, he, he's sort of checked out like Warren Buffett, Warren, what does Warren Buffett do with his money? Gives it to Bill Gates. Could you expand on that a bit, Charlie? You said he's been put here to do what he does. So how did he get put where he is and by whom? Well, you know, it's funny because there's this, there are these, when it comes to Silicon Valley and the tech industry, there seems to be two origin story narratives, right? You're either a freshman dork at Harvard who starts a transformational technology company with stolen technology and then rises up to become a billionaire who who's running the world. So you've got Bill Gates, you've got Mark Zuckerberg, both fit that, right? Or you start a transformational technology company in Palo Alto out of your garage, right? And you've got Hewlett Packers, you've got the Apples of the world, you've got Googles, you've got 23andMe, you've got all these, these groups that come out of this. So the storylines are very similar, almost too similar for me, right? Almost too similar. When you look at the, the, the creation of Facebook and you look back at the, at uh, InQtel's uh, uh, life log program, the venture capital arm and the CIA trying to build out this, this platform. And then it, it sort of is almost like it's handed to, to Facebook. You've got uh, Microsoft coming across technology from IBM and from Park where they just, you know, what do you know? We've got this Windows technology it kind of fell into our lap. Definitely didn't have anything to do with Bill Gates' family connections. Wink, wink. Mark Zuckerberg's family connections. Wink, wink. You know, all these things. It, it feels as though these guys are straight out of central casting. You know, these sort of on the spectrum, geeky, nerdy guy who's kind of bad interacting with people, but just put him in front of a computer and he's going to be fine. We'll let him run with it. He's going to be the face as Zuckerberg's and, and, and Gates of the world with these with these very similar origin stories. It makes me think there's somebody behind that's allowing this to happen. And that's the tinfoil hat component of my head that does that. But But again, it also is just a lot of just researching these people. And when, once you start to see the same pattern forming over and over again, you start to go, well, is this as organic as we're being led to believe, or is it being made to happen? And if it is being made to happen, you know, who, who is doing this and, and why is it, why is it coming out this way? What'd you say on that, Ryan? Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think there's been a lot of big events recently that I think is kind of sh shaking people out of some a comfortable illusion and, and questioning more than ever today. And I think we're seeing that in a large scale where we all need to stand back and ask ourselves how much that we see every day in real life or on social media or whatever else that that's organized in some way or manipulated in some way or completely an illusion, you know, to his point. I mean, you have to ask, there's two ways you could look at it. Either this is a person, you know, with Charlie's discussion, assuming he is not what he appears to be, either this is a person that's completely constructed, doesn't exist, you know, they gave him the money, gave him his job, and and, and we're sell the idea that Bill Gates is this. Or he's a person that, that you know, in one way or another, fumbled his way through to his illegal situation he's in, and they're just using that, and they're funding him, and maybe he doesn't even know that. I don't believe that second part. But either way, what are we talking about? We're talking about powerful people with their fingers on the scales and pulling the strings and funding this and tilting that. And, you know, and it's everywhere you look. The banking discussion, you know, I mean, environmental problems. I mean, it's literally everywhere, and we're starting to realize that we're always being fed a narrative. And maybe you can argue it's for a greater good, but people like Bill Gates are put in these positions for larger reasons. And I mean, we're literally watching that play out in a thousand different ways right now. Sorry, I'm like trying. I don't know what I'm, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I'm trying to keep no, you're the, fine. You're doing great. specific words, but go ahead. <laughs> Charlie, these, these fluffy backstories then that the likes of Gates uh, have, where do they come from? Some CIA think tank? Probably. I mean, possibly. Yeah. It, if, if, I mean, with regard to, you know, like Facebook, 
that that's that's a straight up CIA op, right? That 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 that's been pretty much well established. The the origin story of Microsoft is very much in question as well, with their relationship, uh, the relationship that the Gates Gates mother in particular had with some uh, high ranking people, and, and and so you wonder about stolen technology. Sto- technology stolen all the time. I mean, we 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 understand this, but but. But who gets elevated and who gets suppressed? Who gets the government contracts and who doesn't? So there's there's ways that you can you like to Ryan's point where you could be a legitimate person who just kind of gets moved through the process. But boy, these doors just keep opening for me. It's wild. I can't believe it. You know, I, I, all of a sudden I got this great government contract, and then that led to something else. And then the person at that company is saying, "Well, I'm going to start off my own company. Why don't I take your your technology with me?" And then and and it feels very like, boy, I'm just great at this. And then in upon further review, you find that you're you're being allowed to uh, excel in these in these areas your 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 technology is not necessarily any better than the competition it might even be worse but you you feel a need that we have and and again it's when you're when you're talking about collecting data when you're talking about like as facebook does it's very hard to have the cia company launch a social media platform and say give us all your data everyone's like mm, no thank you but if it's just a harmless geeky guy who started it in his dorm room and they've done, you know, when, when they start doing movies about you, mm. you know, you start to feel like there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a push to kind of make this person a hero or to cement this foundation story to really sort of give people the opportunity. Well, well, no, this is, this is how it really went. Cause I saw the movie. Well, really you saw the movie. Okay. But, but um, it, it always feels like, a little bit like you're manufacturing a, a, an image, a, a person that that is at the at the helm and um, in conv- I don't know. I mean, like the 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 Google guys, they didn't do it so much with them, but uh, but Bill Gates cer- certainly and Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk too. So again, you have to start questioning when we go, kind of go back to Elon Musk. And you're like, well, why is it that everyone in the world knows exactly who this guy is? Why? You know, I mean, what if you don't use Twitter and you don't give a damn about saddle selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bites. You still know who Elon... My mom knows who Elon Musk is. Right? Why? <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> because you're supposed to know. Because you're supposed to follow him for some reason, right? You're supposed to have a vested interest in who this guy is or what he's doing. 
And, and that always makes me a bit suspicious. And as David Icke says, you know, how can you tell when it's the agenda? Well, when it's nowhere and then all of a sudden it's everywhere. And those are the types of people that make me, you know, I, I get, uh, it, it, it reminds me of the Wilford Brimley line from the firm. I get paid to be suspicious when I've got nothing to be suspicious about. Right. When I see these guys that get elevated, I start to immediately get a little uncomfortable. And they're like, well, why is, are they bad guys? Like, I don't know. I just don't know why I'm supposed to know who they are, but I know who they are. So a lot of this stuff feels stage managed. You know, it feels like, uh, and, and listen, when it comes to the technology, let's not uh, underestimate the role of the venture capital firms too in Sand Hill Road out in Silicon Valley, because those guys are all tied in to groups like the World Economic Forum and the Council on Foreign Relations and the United Nations. I mean, these guys have direct pipelines there too. So again, it can be something as 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 mundane as fund this company, not that company, because we need this technology. This is our technology. We need to, to really uh, become the standard in the industry because our technology has a back door in it or whatever it is, you know? So, so there, there, so you can, again, follow the money, right? Follow the money. And that'll lead you to Sand Hill road. And when you, when you take a look at those guys, those guys have big globalist connections and there's so much money that sloshes through there that goes basically unaccountable for, you know, when you're financing seed startup, you can throw money at a bunch of things and not expect any sort of return. So, so I, I get, uh, I get suspicious about those guys in, in the Bay area. So viewers, we're talking to Ryan and Charlie about Bill Gates and the NWO. If you've got any questions, please put them in the chat. Phil, Ryan, wants to know about Paul Allen. We don't hear much about him. What, what What's his role been in all this? Paul Allen, actually not ringing a bell for me at the top of my head. Vulcan Ventures, Gates is, Gates is... he was he was Bill Gates' partner. He, he was the oh, sort gotcha, of the, the gotcha. co-founder. Yeah, I Paul say Allen is a, is a dork he was a dork he passed away a couple years ago he owns the seattle seahawks he owns the portland trailblazers he started a a sort of a company called vulcan ventures he's a star trek nerd and less of the globalist um ideology than bill gates but go one step down and you'll find steve balmer and nathan Merrill nathan Merivold. those guys are epstein friends you know, those guys are World Economic Forum guys. Those guys are young global leaders. I mean, th this is, there's, um, Paul Allen didn't really fall into this group the way uh, some of the others at Microsoft did. And he kind of left and did his own thing. He also was only involved in Microsoft for a few years. He, he really, he got his funding, you know, he had his founding shares, which he never sold and held on to. But if you take a look at when Paul Allen left Microsoft, it was in like the mid eighties. He was gone. Hmm. So interesting. I'm just surprised that I haven't heard. I mean, the name actually rings a bell based on past research, but is so? Do you, is he something that you find? Well, shit, it's your it's your show, Sean. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what, well, he's, he's not a, he's not a he's not a Bond villain in the way that the other guys were. Yeah, but he he certainly has a lot of money because he has you know he was a co-founder of, of Microsoft. So, so Eric is saying that he did believe that Bill Gates was a sound and an honest man. And he's wondering if you could just explain some of the uh, Gates basics to him. Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. Well, let's talk about the, since let's mention the food, because you talked about the food a little bit, Ryan. Monsanto. There's a couple. Was he, was he a shareholder in Monsanto? Gates. He was at one point the largest individual shareholder <laughs> holder in Monsanto. The most yeah. evil company in the world. What, five years in a row or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. To, I mean, Lockheed Martin is jealous of, of Monsanto's <laughs> reputation. <laughs> you know? um, but Monsanto, did, okay, so Syngenta and these big agri-giants, which Gates has a big stake in as well, they created the concept of genetically modified seeds right so they, they started to build these seeds and the the thing about the seeds is that they require you to spray roundup on them uh in order for them to grow and roundup is um, a technical name glyphosate and what that does to bugs that eat the food is it goes the, when the bugs eat glyphosate it goes in their stomach and explodes their stomach so just think of what it's doing to your stomach right so that's sort of the thing so that's genetically modified foods and that's what monsanto was involved in the seed component and the roundup spraying component. Then take that. So you know that Bill Gates is deeply involved in that. Then 
he becomes the largest individual owner of productive farmland in America. Okay. So now he buys all the farmland then which, you know, you could say, well, he's just trying to feed the world. Mm, he doesn't really want to feed the world. He wants you to eat synthetics. Then on top of that, there's a third component to this, which is that they finance Bill, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, Syngenta, which is like Monsanto, and the government of Norway financed the Svalbard Seed Vault that is 1,100 kilometers south of the North Pole. It is 400 feet up a mountain and then 300 feet into the mountain drilled in which is a seed vault that holds millions and millions of organic original seeds stored away from the general public so that the public can never get to them. So, so when you start to look at who Bill Gates is and what he does, he's got all the real seeds away from the pores up in this mountain, like a literal bond villain layer, right? He's buying all the farmland. He's poisoning all of the current crops and wants to sell you synthetic milk and beyond burgers and things like this. So he's cornering, he's going after a couple different angles of the food supply. That should make you very nervous. My speculation, and it's only speculation at this point, is his next move will be water. Because why wouldn't it be? Also water rights. When you've got all the money in the world, buy the land that has water, buy the land that maybe doesn't have water, on the surface, but has water beneath it. And you own the rights to that. And now you've got control of all the components of growing food. You know, I'd look for him to be involved in fertilizers too. I mean, at some point. So, so this is, this is not what you do when you're the good guy. It's it's just not, it's not how you operate. So, right. I was going to say, we should also ask to the point we're making before, whether, you know, why did this pop up out of nowhere seemingly with this company and whether the GMO, direction that failed was just what we were talking about this was another seeded project from some military operation i mean that's how i have to think about these things you know and then and then to add more to that the idea of the the genetically modified organisms the the glyphosate aspect there uh, uh, stephanie sinef phd then he ran court they've done great work on the overlap of glyphosate specifically and how it seemingly is like centered it, it works perfectly in a terrible way with covid19 to essentially create a you know a, a the word it basically primes your body for the worst situation and i think that's really interesting to see how this is all kind of collect, connecting to drive us in a very clear direction we've got a question from ash and it is nothing says having your finger on the scales like bill gates giving 319 million to media outlets what are your thoughts on this but don't mention Jeffrey E. <laughs> that's an, not only we're banned from the v word we're banned from the Jeffrey E case on this channel as well yeah well, it's a, it's an investment. It's an investment in silence. I mean, how, how, mm. let's say you're an ambitious journalist working at, I don't know, CNN, let's just say, <laughs> we know there's no such thing, but, but you're going to write a, you're going to do a big write-up or you're at a local newspaper, right? Some, some semi-obscure newspaper. You're going to write a big article just exposing Bill Gates. That goes to your, your, your editor who goes, Listen, I would love to run this. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, I feel the same way. We can't do it. We get, I get, we get forty-two million dollars from the Gates Foundation. The minute we run this, that money goes away. We'll never see another penny from them. So again, it's a calculation. It's a horrible one, but, but, but he's financing media companies, and not just a couple of them, a ton of them, and and he's 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 providing them with with a reason to not write stories about him to, to, to either, you know, to go along with his, his agenda. Maybe they don't even know any better or to just simply not ask the hard questions. And I would also remind people that in, in America, the MS in MSNBC stands for Microsoft. Okay. So that gem, that was a joint venture that lasted for 20 years. I think it's dropped off in the last year or two. It's no longer, I don't, I don't think Microsoft has their ownership stake anymore, at least not overtly, but for, you know, for the, all of the, you know, for all the warriors for, for, from 2000 to 2020, MSNBC was a joint venture between NBC and Microsoft. So again, if somebody in one of those media connected companies decides that they're going to write some hit piece on Bill Gates, it'll never get out. 
It'll never, it'll never see the light of day because there's too much money at stake. And, and, and you don't even necessarily have to have that told like in a memo to all of the, all of the employees, the people at the top know. They understand where the money's coming from, and they and they would take one look at at a, at a story like that and go, "We're not running that. That's just not happening." So there's self censorship happening inside the media because they're bought off. And 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 listen, it's just as easy to buy a media personality as it is to buy a doctor, as it is to buy a, a you know a politician. They're they're all for sale with enough money, and Bill Gates has got the money. Mm-hmm. Ryan, do you think Gates has got the major media outlets locked down? I would agree with everything Charlie said to to whether or not he has complete control over their output. You know, it's hard to say, but I completely agree. And the other angle of that is just the positive side, right? So that money not only suppresses the bad, it produces the positive spin garbage we see every day. It just promotes everything about them. That's you know, it's 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 an illu- it's all illusory. And we must we must see that today by the corporate media in general. The manufacturing consent part of it is the other angle that people today don't really even end up in that field anymore unless they they know how they're supposed to act you know so the money is just another you know, I, I think what that's about as well is, is just keeping them primed to continue to do the wrong thing essentially even though most people in those positions are already willing to do so without being given anything to do it <laughs> john has asked does the british company circo run the usa's patent division uh, that's about my pay grade any any idea on that guys i'm not familiar with the company but I'm going to have Johnny Vedmore on to talk about Circo, actually. I've got him scheduled. Nice. <laughs> um, the about. answer to that is I have heard that, but I can't, uh, I can't confirm, confirm it. But Interesting. Okay, Interesting. I've got a question from, from Mark here. General Albert Pike, 33-degree Freemason, spelled it out in his book, Morals and Dogma, to ferment and socially engineer culture wars, forcing people to hate religion, and accept Freemasonry as a religion. Um, is Gates tied in to the Masonic movement? I don't. I. 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 I, I think that he has connections to the family. The family has connection to the Masonic. Uh, what's the term for it? Lodge, I guess, or the background. But I don't think Gates is a Mason, as far as I can tell. Is that right, Charlie? Do you know? I'm just speaking off I've like never, general understanding. I, I. I've never heard any sort of connections to to that i'm pretty I wouldn't sure, be surprised. sure people in his family have have been masons in the past but i don't i don't think he's publicly listed as ever been a mason but i don't think we could prove that he's not if that's what they're asking let me just read philip's super chat thanks phil the world according to monsanto very good documentary reveals a lot you'll see the world differently all right so papa chubby wants to know why western governments allow this but didn't you earlier on Charlie say he is the government effectively. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the the lines are blurred here with, with with these guys. They they become look, a case can be made that Gates is above the government through his connections to the United Nations. And and the United Nations drives a lot of this policy. And the the Rockefeller Foundation or the Rockefeller started the United Nations as a way to unite nations you know into a one world government that's that's their plan that's that's what they talk about so so to just run the nation a nation that's amateur hour that you know they they want to run the world so the the relationship that the that bill gates the bill and melinda gates foundation has with the united nation is one of the tightest relationships out there in fact i would say that they that bill gates stole the i the sort of not the maybe the the process by which you indemnify yourself and protect yourself by by creating much like the Rockefeller Foundation did creating this vehicle that can be you can as a tax shelter you just pour your money into that can be used to deflect criticism away from you and use it as a vehicle to further your agenda like the Rockefeller Foundation it's world government and creating the compulsory school systems and things like that well with the Gates Foundation um, again. I, after Microsoft went through its antitrust situation, Gates Foundation sort of became a big deal, much like after Standard Oil got broken up, Rockefeller Foundation became a big deal. So they, they're, they're following a pattern of how you do it. And part of this is to, um, is to these unaccountable organizations, that these NGOs, and then pour your money into them as a tax shelter and then allow them to do the dirty work for you 
and and keep the people relatively clean. So I think Bill Gates is uh, has ambitions and aspirations that are much greater than running America. He wants the entire world, as evidenced by his partnerships with Gavi and uh, and the UN and World Health Organization. In that case, he needs to marry Meghan Markle then. So next question, uh, we do welcome comments and questions from Gates supporters. And Phil has put, Bill Gates has done some good things here in Washington State too. He's quite complicated. Well, Escobar, he built uh, soccer pitches, hospitals and schools, didn't he? And killed 5,000 people. Is this just the cloak for these guys, you know, to do charitable deeds? Yeah, this is the, the, the cloak of philanthropy, right? And I think that's just, this has been really exposed over the last so many years throughout COVID that these people tend to hide behind the illusion of philanthropy. And then even worse, you can even usually point at the actual philanthropic actions and show that they didn't even really do, or rather they benefited from it, which means it's not philanthropy. But overall, yes, that would be my opinion, that these are ways that that ultimately hide the the things they're really doing and but you can't you know at the end of the day he's right you can't diminish if that was how it went down that something good happened because of that but to your point does that really wash away the things that they're doing they're knowingly hurting people obviously not papa chubby i'm confused gates must appease the government in order to gain contracts but he also has them in his pocket question mark well i would say go ahead yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're they're partners. He par- he partners with with the government. Yeah, it, it it's it's complicated because the governments kind of come and go. You know, the people come and go in governments. Gates Foundation stays around. Gates Foundation, in fact, they infiltrated the Obama administration. When you take a look at that and the Department of uh, Education with with regard to Common Core, so it's kind of hard to know like where the government ends and where the Gates Foundation begins because you get this blurring line. And and, and the same situation is happening with Facebook, too. When you get the list of all the people that left the Obama White House and, and rotated into Facebook in high-ranking positions, you go, well, who's running Facebook? The Obama administration? You go, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are in there. And so you go, well, who's running the Department of Education? Is it is it the government or is it the Gates Foundation? You go, well, it's kind of both because there's there's people that were working for Gates Foundation that have moved in. So it's not as simple as saying it's just the Gates Foundation and it's just the government. If it's a Venn diagram, there's a lot of interlocking happening between these these groups. I think it's a question of influence. Right. I mean, it, it's it, to say uh, to Charlie's point, I mean, governments, there's different factions, there's different sides, there's people coming and going to argue he just has control or not is a little oversimplifying it. You know, they influence very clearly, but still arguably there's people that even people that would agree with them or even maybe took money from him would maybe the next day have a vested interest to go the other direction. These politicians don't care, in my opinion. I think they go where the money goes or go where their agenda goes. And so that's, you know, a little more in, insight. All right, Phil has retorted with, I don't think Bill Gates has as much media influence as people think because Bill Gates wants higher education standards and good education for all students in the US. Cox are shutting this down. I would disagree with that wholeheartedly. He created Common Core. Common Core has been an abject disaster. Common Core postulates the concept that three times four could equal 11 as long as you show your work. (laughs) <laughs> that they will give you partial and I'm not making this up. It's in my book. I've got a quote from the lady who is the head of the curriculum for the Gates Foundation. She says, we're not really so focused with the answer where it's more it's more so the process. And if you can explain the process and you can explain sort of the the thinking, that's really what we're going for here. Like the answer, we all know it's 12, but what we want to see is like, how do, if you got 11, how did you get 11? Why did you get? 11? So basically, if you can BS your teacher, You'll get a good score. But but again, then those people are going into colleges. Now, it has been admitted even by Bill Gates that Common Core is a disaster. He is he is on the record saying it didn't go well. It hasn't gone well. The United States, I forget, is it Department of Education? Somebody that came out and said it flat out doesn't prepare people for college. They, they, they enter college in math two full years behind where they used to be before Common Core. Common Core is set to destroy the American education system, not make it better. So so the idea that Bill Gates funded this with hundreds of millions of dollars and then Obama with billions of dollars that because they wanted to educate and make the, the, the American school system better, that's just a flat out 
incorrect. It's just not, it's just measurably, provably not true. I would take it one step further. I think we need to call that one arm of the psychological operation that it really was in order to like, let's think of, let's think of ideological subversion and, and how this plays, right? We're talking about a generation that was simultaneously, you know, altered, manipulated with that, which essentially boils down to you each have your own truth. Think about what that overlaps with in the world today with the, the trans movement, all this different stuff that's happening. I think it's interesting to see how that part of it, this generation has been manipulated in a way that seems to be creating a lot of the tension, a lot of the destabilization that's happening today. I mean, these are all tenets of the ideological subversion, the psychological operation mindset. I think that's interesting. That's my opinion, obviously, but you can call it a failure and that aligns with what we first talked about. Or, I mean, I personally think it's something else. I think that was more about creating what we're in right now. I, I would like to read this. This is the quote. <laughs> this is from Amanda August, Common Core Curriculum Coordinator. Quote, but even if under the new Common Core, if even if they said three times four was 11, if they were able to explain their reasoning and explain how they came up with the answer, really in words and oral explanations, and they showed it in a picture, but they just got the final number wrong, we're more focusing on the how and the why. We want our students to compute correctly, but the emphasis is really moving more towards the explanation and the how and the why. And can I really talk through the procedures that I went through to get this answer? And not just knowing that it's 12, but why is it 12? How do I know that? Isn't that's who's in wolf, charge of it. That's just that is who, who is in charge of it. And this is from, and, and Bill Gates says, it, it would be great if our education stuff worked, meaning Common Core, but we're not going to know for a decade or two. Wow. Que question from Paul Morgan. With unelected leaders in England and now Scotland, is this the way around democracy? The illusion of it, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think that's I think that's always been the reality of our governments and more than just the United States, the illusion of the democratic process. And that's we could have a conversation of whether democracy is even what people should want. The mob rule mentality. Right. I have different opinions, but I'll let Charlie answer the question. <laughs> um, well, How Howard's in nailed it, didn't he, in his history books, uh, the illusion of choice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it. I think that that's even more. Diabol I mean, if you have a dictator, at least you know you have a dictator. When you think you have a choice, it, it, it makes you feel like I'm helping, I'm participating. And, and it, it's not a perfect system. Of, you know, <laughs> there's there's a lot of blind spots with, with democracy. I understand people are like, we've got to have democracy. It's like, well, you can rig that game too. You know, it's very easy to, I'm not, I'm not saying we need socialism, but believe me, I'm not. But, but, uh, but, you know, people say, oh, real socialism hasn't been tried. Well, OK, what about real democracy? Has real democracy been tried? Because what I see is a bunch of people putting their thumbs on the scale. If they've got more money and they can influence politicians or they can buy lobbyists that make uh, the sort of legislation go a certain way. Is that is that democracy or is that are we voting with with uh, is, is Monsanto voting with their money and their lobbyists? Is, is Lockheed Martin making things go their way? You know, I didn't vote for a war. In Ukraine, I didn't vote for that, but we got one anyway. I bet if I asked a, a, a thousand people if they voted for a war in Ukraine, I bet it, not single person would say no. Nobody ever asked me for that, and yet here we are. So what do what do we have? Do we have democracy? It seems like we have a bunch of that's what Peter Dale Scott called the deep state, right? The the per the more permanent state, the state that doesn't get washed out every election cycle every time there's a new person in the in the white house the, the, this group that stays there that that is unelected and is in positions of power you know the ngos and the think tanks and these groups and the 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 the, the globalist components that are sort of under the surface they're the ones that are making the decision we vote pull the lever and put the sticker on and post it on social media and act like we're we're doing something are we are we really because I don't feel like it. I feel like that these decisions are being made at an executive level. And it is, it's uh it's one of these, you know, we'll, we'll get your opinion. If you guys want to vote on which, um, you know, something really innocuous that, that that's unimportant, we'll let you guys debate and vote on that all day long. But as far as like who we're going to war with, no, those decisions have already been made. We've only got a few minutes left. I'm replacing my camera battery. Don't worry that I'm freeze framed right now. And Ash has asked whether the banking collapse, the recent banking collapse is part of the Great Reset. 
I think 100% yes. I had a really great interview with Catherine Austin Fitz today. That's why her, her talking points were on my mind. And and just just exactly what she was arguing, that the SBB itself was executed, right? That's her argument, that this was taken down. And he actually, real, I'm glad you asked this question. This kind of blew my mind today when she was talking about this. My first thought was I was, you know, arguing that the bank run shouldn't be a problem, right? That if you think you need to go take your money out, you do what's right for you. You don't consider that. And and her argument today was that essentially the plan, as she sees it, was to create the situation to scare people out of these smaller banks and run to the larger banks, which is exactly what we're seeing happen, right? And so you're ultimately seeing them manufacturing a false collapse. She doesn't believe that's where it's going. It's the scare of this, which ultimately then creates the justification for the central bank digital currencies, you know, digital ID, social credit, great reset. That's the whole the whole direction. And so, I mean, it's it's very clear to me that this is the system itself is broken. I think we can all agree on that, that the financial system is is just a Ponzi scheme as far as I'm concerned. And this is just the engineered collapse of it. Charlie. I stood up on that stage at Anarchapulco the first week of February, and I said, the banks are coming down. They're coming down. Uh, Berwick and I wrote in Controlled Demolition, keep your eye on Deutsche Bank. I know Credit Suisse has gotten a lot of play recently, and right, rightfully so, because it's it's a, a disaster. But I think people need to, to, to remember, they, they may say, well, I don't have my money in Deutsche Bank, so it doesn't matter to me, or it's a German bank, and I don't... Who cares about that? Maybe Germany's got their own problems. Maybe that's what's going to take it down. Here's the reason why it matters. Because all of these big banks have derivative bets with each other, right? They have so if you if you think of it like this, you 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 bet your buddy um I you know, you you took the Kansas City Chiefs, your buddy took the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. You bet him 100 bucks, right? Game ends Kansas City Chiefs wins. You go. You say to your friend, "You owe me a hundred bucks." He opens up his wallet and says, "I don't have anything." Who won that bet? Nobody. You both lost because you didn't get the hundred dollars. You would have lost your hundred dollars, right? If you if it had gone the other way, maybe you have a hundred dollars in your wallet. My point is, if you have one defunct bank like Deutsche Bank or Credit Suisse, who can its obligations on these derivative bets that it's made with other bet uh, other banks? then they're both losses. And so therefore what happens on, on JP Morgan's balance sheet is going to be tied to what happens to Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank. Because if their derivative bets go away and they can't pay up, you might've been the winner, but now you're not gonna get your money either. So everybody starts with, and it starts to take everybody down. That's my fear. Charlie, yeah. but if the government is constantly underwriting these losses, which is an incentive for them to make these bets in the first place, will they actually go down or will they just get constantly get bailed out? That, see that? Well, go ahead. Shotgun marriages. We'll, we'll see like what we say. Well, you and you, you guys go together. Uh, that bank, you guys are executed, you know, as you know, you push them off uh, the Lehman brothers. Yeah. Well, you know what you guys were, you, you lost this round. It's musical chairs. You know, they'll, they'll say you and you sit on this chair. They'll pick the winners. Right. The, no, the absolutely. Point, the point that Yellen made, basically the argument is, well, we decide based on whether the action of this bank collapsing is going to cause systemic failure. Right. And so the point essentially becomes these banks are going, I get it. I wink, wink. So if I make my problems big enough to where it affects the system, then you'll take care of it. And I don't think that's by accident. Right. And so he's right. right. We're seeing consolidation. But, you know, but really to your point, though, Sean, I, I don't think what we're watching is like a real collapse. I mean, it could easily be that way. That's how broken the system is. But I think this is being executed, like the rugs being pulled and they're trying to shake everybody out and scare everybody. And it's ultimately going to be a action to drive us into the central bank digital currencies. Now, does that mean they're actually going to collapse the entire system? That's kind of the where I see it going, because I don't see how else you're going to get everybody effectively in that position. So I would agree with that. But I don't think that's the only option. But I'm scared about it because I think it's going to happen. All right, we've got the next guest about to come in, guys. Please remind the viewers where they can find you and support you and follow you. LastAmericanVagabond.com last for everything T-Lab. Thanks, guys. Macroaggressions, audio podcast, uh, subscribe to it. It's free, but you get what you pay for. All right, take care out there. We appreciate you guys exposing these bastards and much luck in what you guys are doing in the future. Thank you for joining us and spending time with us. Thank you, Sean. Cheers. Good night. Bye. Selling a little. 
or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.